This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. We have a football schedule, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Stephen Igo, the host of this podcast, just bringing you a quick emergency pod Breaking down some initial thoughts on the 2021 ECU football schedule. I have a bone to pick with the American, but I'm going to save that for the end of our show as they just apparently like to drop breaking big news that they could capitalize on in a big way out of nowhere instead. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll get to that later. Let's focus on the schedule first and foremost. Let's run it down. We Now, we all knew that... ECU, we, all, we always knew the non-conference schedule. Appalachian State and Charlotte to begin the year, September 2nd on a Thursday inside Bank of America Stadium. Could be an absolutely awesome atmosphere if the crowds are allowed to attend. Hopefully by then we have the pandemic well under control and can pack out Bank of America Stadium as best as possible. So App State to begin the year. South Carolina is ECU's home opener, a gigantic home opener uh, on September 11th on a Saturday. For the second weekend of college football, the uh, first road game for new Gamecock head coach Shane Beamer, who once had interest in the East Carolina job. Week three at Marshall, another tough non-conference game on the road in Huntington. I've been there to see ECU play. It is a very tough place to play. The fans get into it. They love their Marshall football, and it's never great weather there, so I guess it is good that this is happening early in the season than, than later. Uh, because in November, December, it can be pretty ugly in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, then the Pirates wrap up non-conference play with Charleston Southern on September 25th. Really the only game on the schedule you look at and say ECU is going to be the overwhelming favorite. Uh, then conference play begins the following week, October 2nd, against Tulane as the Green Wave come to town for a second straight year. The Pirates then go to UCF October 9th in what will be a tough game in Orlando for their road conference opener. Then a well-timed bye week in week number seven. So you get six games down, and ahead of your final six games of the year, you have your open date, which is a, a perfect spot. You couldn't ask for a better open date if you're Mike Houston. Uh, following the open date, another another road trip. So you do break up the back-to-back road games with a, a bye week in between. At Houston will be the game October 23rd, set, uh, scheduled for Saturday as the Cougars come back onto the schedule. Remember, Houston back on the schedule this year. Memphis also back on the schedule this year. Off the schedule are Tulsa and SMU. Uh, The next week, ECU is scheduled to host South Florida. And this is where it gets a little interesting from the American. On the schedule, it says October 30th through, or October 28th through October 30th, Thursday through Saturday, is when this game could be played to be announced. So, the American is leaving a window, it appears, for later in the season, uh, specifically for ECU and South Florida, and I assume other games are probably tied into the same window. Probably going to see, hey, how are these teams looking in the standings at this point? What type of TV draw are they, etc. 
Uh, so this could potentially be a Thursday night home game against South Florida. Then the next week you had the same stipulation involved. November 4th on a Thursday through November 6th Saturday uh, against Temple at home. So the game will be played either November 4th or November 6th. Uh, and then for the South Florida game, it says the game will be played either October 28th or October 30th. So it looks like Friday will be out of the picture for those games, but uh, either the Thursday or Saturday as it reads on ECU schedule. So those will be determined at a later date as ESPN and the American work through that. Again, that's an ESPN and American decision. ECU really has very little control over that, over what day. You know, probably you're not going to get, I wouldn't think, at least back-to-back Thursday night games, but uh, who knows, crazier things have happened. I would assume at least one of those games probably is on a Thursday, so you're probably looking at an ECU Thursday night game at some point this season, either against South Florida or Temple. But those are two home games in the American back-to-back. At Memphis, November 13th, this will be ECU's first trip to Memphis since uh, the Tigers hung 70 on Scotty Montgomery's club in the season finale in 2017. So at Memphis on November 13th, and then the following weekend at Navy, November 20th on a Saturday. We all know how tough the triple option is. It's going to be cold up in Annapolis, Maryland. I do think it's a bit of an advantage for once that this game is towards the end of the year and not towards the beginning like we've seen so often because the more you watch Navy, the more they go through the year, the more stuff they use in their option attack. You get to see how different teams defend them. I think that can play an ECU's advantage potentially towards the latter half of the season, whereas they faced them early in the year, uh, most seasons than not. And then the Pirates close the season against the Cincinnati Bearcats in what could be a monster game if ECU is an improved team. The Bearcats will be the preseason favorite in the American Athletic Conference coming off a top 10 ranking. Their only loss, of course, coming in the uh, the bowl game to Georgia. So Cincinnati has a ton back under Luke Fickle. They'll be uh, heavily favored to win the American. The Pirates will conclude the season with Cincinnati at home. Again, either a Friday or Saturday game either November 26th or November 27th on that post-Thanksgiving weekend game. So we'll see how the the season unfolds. But there's your schedule again. App State, South Carolina, Marshall, Charleston Southern. Then conference play begins Tulane at UCF at Houston. First USF, first Temple at Memphis at Navy. And then you close it out with the Cincinnati Bearcats. All right, now that we've run over the entire schedule, I want to give some of my immediate takeaways. And this was just my initial thoughts I jotted down as I read the schedule uh, immediately, and so it's a, um, you know, just some initial takeaways. Number one, you know, you you can't ask for a better open date, and and you'll hear coaches say all the time, you know, you would love to have it in the middle of the season, and ECU has it smack dab in the middle, perfect open date, right between the six-game mark heading into game seven through 12, and in between two road games. So instead of playing back-to-back road games in the middle of the year, you're going to have a bye to kind of recoup uh, and get your feet back underneath you. Now, they do have to go on the road back-to-back later in the year, which we'll get to here in a, in a minute in, my, in one of my other takeaways. But I think that bye is, you know, really sets you up for success. Uh, there are so many bumps and bruises over the first half of the season. Uh, that open date is pretty, uh, pretty critical for Mike Houston's team in year three of his program. All right. Number two, my biggest takeaway is I look at the conference opener, Tulane on October 2nd, as arguably the most important game of the year. And I know what you're, you know, you're going to hear the coaches say every game is the most important, the next game is the most important, et cetera, et cetera. But regardless of how 
ECU does in non-conference play, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. That two-lane game is a swing game. I mean, I think last year it was a swing game, and ECU, quite frankly, did not play well at all on either side of the ball and got exposed pretty good in a 38-21 loss to the Green Wave at home. Uh, Well, now they have a chance to right that wrong. It's the first uh, conference game of the year. You have a chance to get off to a good start in conference play. Tulane is historically under Willie Fritz a bowl-caliber team, and they probably will be again next year. You know, Michael Pratt, the quarterback, very talented as a freshman a season ago. Uh, They return a number of key players. They do lose both of their stud defensive ends um, who are going to be NFL draft picks, so I think that helps. And and they also lost uh, both coordinators. But they they return a lot. They're an established program at this point under Fritz. They'll come in here expecting to win. ECU's got to find a way to play better than they did last year and preferably win that game. And You look at the American conference as a whole Tulane is a team that's really historically in the middle of the pack you know they've competed for a west title uh, I think once or twice under Fritz but more times than not they're going to be in the middle of the pack if ECU wants to get back to a bowl game these are the games at home you have to find a way to win especially if there's going to be a home crowd so I think that's a pivotal game because the week after you go to UCF and the Knights uh, under new head coach Gus Malzahn and with the talent they have coming back Dylan Gabriel at quarterback they're going to be extremely talented. They're going to be favored, and it's always tough to win in the bounce house, especially when fans are there. So that's going to be an extremely tough game. You want to set yourself up for success in the American, continue to climb up the standings. We saw that last year. ECU got to the three-win mark, which hadn't been done since 2015. And um, so, you know, the Pirates were able to to close the year by beating Temple and SMU back-to-back, and that hadn't been done since Ruffin McNeil was fired in 2015 as Scotty Montgomery never top two wins in conference play. So Tulane will be a critical game for East Carolina. Uh, and I think that's I think that's really, depending on how that game goes, uh, it could set you up for, hey, we have a chance to maybe finish towards the, the top half of the conference standings for the first time in years, or are we going to be a, a bottom-tier team in the league once again competing with you know South Florida, Temple, etc. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, moving forward, my key or my key takeaway number three was the final three games. Man, that's a rough stretch. I do like how the schedule starts off in conference play. Again, you have Tulane at home at UCF, open date, and then Houston on the road, which is a I can't really figure out Houston, but that's going to be a tough game. They've got talent. Dana Holgerson will be in year three, so I expect them to be improved. Um, and then you you face South Florida and Temple at home back-to-back. Both winnable games. Both teams ECU beat on the road in 2020. But then the, to conclude the season, you got to go to Memphis, which has been a AAC title contender for the last handful of years. Then you have to turn around and go to Navy, face the triple option in Annapolis uh, in the cold in, in late November, and then you conclude the season with Cincinnati, which very well could be ranked in the top 15 at that time in the top 25. Uh, just a really strong team. And uh, those three games to close the year, you know, I, I, I personally expect Navy to be much improved. You know, if Kenny Amatololo finds him a quarterback, they're going to be hell to deal with. They're already a problem with that triple option. You're going to have to spend all season preparing for it. I do think it helps that you'll get to see it on film a ton going into that game. But Memphis on the road... I can't remember the last time the Pirates won at Memphis. It's been quite some time. And then Cincinnati at home, we all know how good Cincinnati is. So those final three games are going to be pretty brutal. And so you would hope if ECU is getting back into the bowl picture that you won't for at least uh, 
probably five wins going into those final three games because uh, ECU more than likely not going to be favored uh, in any of those games unless one of those teams is having a down year. So uh, a lot to play for in the early portion of the schedule, the middle portion of the schedule. You know, we'll continue to break down the schedule in the weeks to come. I'm not going to do my game-by-game predictions just yet. I'm going to try to wait uh, at least a couple of days. I'm not going to do them on this podcast. Uh, I always like to do a immediate game-by-game prediction article and then one during uh, preseason camp as well where you kind of update what every team has done during the offseason, how the Pirates look during the offseason, etc. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, somebody said, is there a path to six wins here? Uh, I think so. You know, I, I think there is a path to six wins, especially if this East Carolina team plays like it did against SMU to conclude the year. If this ECU team plays like that and replicates that success over the course of a, a, a near 12 full schedule, 12 game full schedule. What game on this slate can ECU not win? Maybe Cincinnati, if Cincinnati is is as elite as last year. Outside of that, there's not a game on the schedule that I say ECU can't win. Uh, UCF, I think, will be extremely tough. Memphis will be tough. Uh, South Carolina has SEC talent, but they're in a they're in a transition year and they're coming to Daddy Ficklin Stadium. I mean, the games I see is really really tough for Cincinnati, UCF, and Memphis. I think the rest are winnable. I'm not going to say they're 50-50 toss-ups, but I do think ECU can beat App State. I do think ECU can beat South Carolina. I know the Pirates haven't beat an SEC team since South Carolina in 1999, but this is not Steve Spurrier South Carolina teams. Uh, they, they've been very vulnerable, and we don't really know what they're going to be like under Shane Beamer. Uh, they're going to have a brand-new quarterback, uh, they're going to have brand new systems on both sides of the ball. So they're in a year of transition, and I think that's a winnable game for ECU. Now, is it going to be tough? Yes, they've got SEC talent, but if ECU can pack the stadium out, I think that's a game where they can surprise some people. But again, you look at the first three games of the year, the non-conference, I mean, historically, you won't, in a league like the American, you would prefer to have, you know, two to three games where you're the favorite, the the pretty heavy favorite. Uh, that's not going to happen for ECU. Charleston Southern is the lone game there. And so you're looking at three games out of the gate, which could go either way. You're going to have to play really good football to have a chance to win. Uh, but with that comes great opportunity. You know, if the Pirates go out and they beat Appalachian State on a Thursday night in front of a national television audience to begin the season, all of a sudden you've got a ton of eyeballs on you. It, it really helps you in recruiting. Uh, it's something that kind of makes a statement across the state of North Carolina. You know, App State has quietly become arguably the best program in terms of consistently winning in the state the last handful of years. So if you go out and beat App State on a neutral field, you're saying a lot about the the program and the direction it's heading under Mike Houston. And then you face South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to assume that's going to be a nationally televised game just due to the eyeballs of the SEC draws. If you beat South Carolina at home, all of a sudden that, that creates national headlines early in the college football season. So uh, with the great challenges come great opportunities and a chance for ECU football to really stake its claim that it's moving back to to what we all know it can be. Uh, but overall, you know, a very challenging schedule. Again, we knew the opponents uh, for the last several months and really years uh, as the American came out with the AAC opponents a couple years ago. It was just how was this all going to line up? And I think for ECU, you know, maybe would you change a few things around, potentially put – uh, South Florida and Temple in between that three-game stretch to to close the year, probably. But 
you can't complain too much if you're East Carolina. Given the teams you were going to face, we knew it was going to be tough. You get the best bye week possible in the middle of the season. Uh, you get a couple of nice home game stretches, you know, to begin the season. You're at home three out of the first five weeks. Uh, and then you have that two-game home stretch in uh, late October, early November. And you close at home, which is always an important thing, even though Cincinnati is going to be extremely tough. Closing at home in late November, that post-Thanksgiving game, it can be a tricky one. And um, let's hope BC is an improved football team, because if so, that could be a monster game for Cincinnati, which if they're as good as last year, they're going to be playing for a lot heading into that final weekend. But we'll see how it transpires uh, going forward. All right, a few more notes before we get out of here. This is from ECU Media Relations. East Carolina's 2021 opponents posted a combined 55-54 and 54 record during the 2020 season. The Pirates' four non-conference foes were 18-14, and 14, while the eight American Athletic Conference squads tallied a con- collective 37-40 and 40 mark. Four programs had seven or more wins during the pandemic-shortened season, including Cincinnati with nine, App State with nine, Memphis with eight, and Marshall with seven. Cincinnati was the final team, or the only team ranked in the final polls on ECU's schedule as they were eighth in both the uh, Associated Press and the USA Today coaches poll. Uh, The meeting against South Carolina at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium will mark ECU's seventh matchup against an SEC opponent since 2011, and first since dropping a hard-fought 20-15 game to the Gamecocks in 2016. South Carolina is the only current SEC member to have ever played the Pirates in Greenville, winning two of those three earlier matchups. But this will be the first time South Carolina is visiting Greenville since the 1990s. Remember, the last time they met on a neutral field was 2011 uh, against Steve Spurrier's team when Ruff McNeil was the head coach inside Bank of America Stadium, which turned out to be a pretty thrilling season opener in uh, 2011. So those are a few notes just on the schedule. Um, You know, homecoming will be when ECU hosts Tulane on October 2nd. And again, hopefully we can have fans in the stands again this fall. Uh, We'll see how that transpires. There's also a couple other designations you can read about on ECUPirates.com. Season tickets are scheduled to go out March 1st, so just a couple of weeks away from that. Uh, A couple of people have asked about the Appalachian State game, I think, so those will not be included in the season ticket package, but I believe they will be able to be purchased uh, along with your season tickets, if that makes sense. So we'll continue to see uh, how that rolls out in the coming weeks. Again, ECU is moving forward as if they'll have full capacity attendance in the fall, and we can only cross our fingers and hope that that happens. All right, well, that's going to do it for our podcast. Just wanted to drop a quick emergency pod. Breaking down ECU's 2021 football schedule. Oh, wait, almost forgot. Yes, the American. So the American the past number of years has kind of teased the schedule, or at least had some hype around it. If you if you follow the SEC, the ACC, all these, all these conferences, basically every conference, every FBS conference, there's always a good social media presence, a good build leading up to the schedule release. If you f- follow the NFL, it's basically an event. And I'm not saying the American needs to make their schedule and release, uh, you know, an event, a TV show, because they don't have a TV network. But why? Why would you not hype up the schedule release, count down the days, drop some nuggets on Twitter, do something to build some hype? The American wants to be a Power Six conference, but they act like they are an FCS league. I mean, there's just, I just don't understand it. It's, it's as a media person, 
Uh, maybe I put too much stock into it, but I feel like they could do so much more with the hype train, with the schedule, instead of just saying, oh, uh, 11 a.m. on a Thursday, here's our schedule. You know, half the country is under snow and ice right now. or getting rained on, but, you know, we're just going to drop our schedule randomly at 11 a.m. with no heads up. And I just think it's a missed opportunity. You have a chance to uh, build some excitement around your league, continue to grow the brand of the league. And I know more than anything, that's going to come down to winning on the field on big stages, but having a social media presence this day and age is huge day and age is huge and it just seems like the American at times doesn't understand that. Uh I think they're they're kinda out of touch with things at times. Uh on, on social media, but it is what it is. That's my small, small gripe uh with the American along with some of the TBAs on the schedule are kinda weak. We've never seen that before. But again that's more I think on the network and probably some on the conference as well not wanting to commit to dates for specific conference games. But it is what it is. I think a missed opportunity for the American not to build some hype and some excitement around the schedule. Um, but oh well. All right, if you are uh, if you have yet to su- subscribe on hoistacolors.net, stay tuned in the coming days. We're going to run a special 50% off deal, I believe, starting Friday for new annual subscribers. And with this deal... Uh, it comes a, a very rare offer that we don't offer a lot network-wide. You will get free access to CBS All Access, which is about to become Paramount+. Plus. So if you sign up 50% off our normal subscription price to hoistacolors.net, you will have full access to Paramount+, Plus as well, which is uh, coming March 4th as CBS All Access transitions to Paramount+. Plus. So that gives you a ton of uh, content, TV shows, sports all that sort of stuff, and that comes free with your 50% off subscription to Hoist the Colors. Of course, if you're a full-time member to Hoist the Colors or 24-7 Sports at all, you already have that access uh, to Paramount+. Plus. And if you don't know how to access that, contact me. There's a link that we can provide, and it will get you set up easily. Uh, so that <laughs> that will be coming uh, this weekend, that special deal, and run for the next number of weeks. So be on the lookout for that if you've been on the fence about subscribing. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I got to get to a Zoom with Cliff Goblin and some of the ECU baseball players. We'll be back with you after the weekend. We'll break down the Pirates' uh, three-game series against Rhode Island as we head into opening day. But thank you guys for joining us for a quick emergency podcast breaking down the ECU 2021 football schedule. afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 